praise the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Make a joyful sound unto God Almighty. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of glory. There's no one like him. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is the beginning in the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is good to be in the house of God today. Yeah, I tell you, there's times when I feel that I'm in my downness, and we should all, at times, when we feel in our downness, we say, God, Lord, you will come around for us no matter what time, what hour it is. You will lift us up, Lord, and you will strengthen us, oh God. Lord, by your stripes we are healed. Praise the Lord. How many of us are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. There is glory in this house today, and the glory belongs to God. But the glory is a remnant that is of God. Those who are baptized in Jesus, they've been filled with the Holy Ghost, are a remnant of Jesus Christ. So you are a glory to God, and God is happy to know that we are his children. Praise God. Praise God. You know, it, it's good to be not only in the presence of God, but also in the midst of his people. How many times have we been, you know, we think of things, and we should be grateful for the things God has done for us. Situations come some things are, you know, are harder to deal with at times. You know, everybody goes through situations. Some things are, will be here for much longer than others. And some are, happen much faster. Some of us are affected and some of us are not. But the fact of the matter is that the situations still come. But one thing is for sure, that our God does not change. No matter our situation, though we go through trials and even when he blesses us, he does not change. He is God. This, he, he's a never-changing God. And this is why I have to come up today here, and I think we've all come up here for that, to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. Praise the Lord. With that, I'd like to give a, give a little bit of a, also a little bit of honor to a few people here. Uh, being up at conference, it, it kind of moved my heart. And, you know, we, it, we tend to remember things that we don't tend to remember and take to heart. And, I'm so grateful for the church. And I'm not saying that I, I've never said that before, but you come to realize how grateful you are for the body, how grateful you are for leadership, and how grateful you are that God is moving in the body. Praise the Lord. With that being said, I want to give thanks to Pastor. Pastor Dave for allowing me to speak today. What a blessing it is. And I say that wholeheartedly because this is, this is not something that we just can do. It's something that is given to us. We are entrusted by our pastor to do certain things and certain jobs. And, and we should take that and say, you know what, Lord, uh, Lord I'm going to trust that. And it is a job that you have given to me to do. And I'm going to do it with all my strength, with all my might, and with all my love for you, Lord God. But I also want to welcome the Bruces here back today. It is good to have the Bruces back here today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It is good to have you back, uh, Bishop and Sister. I'll tell you what, just as much as we want to reach the youth and we want them in our churches, we should also want our elders in our churches. There is a unity uh, of, uh, in the power of God that works in not only from the elders but to the very youngest. There needs to be a, a coming together. There needs to be a transferring of, you know, of wisdom and knowledge and, and all understanding that has been passed on from the years. And I take, I take thanks in that. Thank you so much, especially in these times, these end times. This church is the church of the living God, and this is our generation at this point. We need to protect it. And with that said, without further ado, we'll move on to the Word. And in the Word, we're going to go to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. And the Bible says, 
And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the, unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And then it says in verse 37, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves between, uh, beaten, beat into the ship so that it was now full, and it was in the hinder part of the ship. And he was, I'm sorry, in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? With that, if you would pray with me today that God would anoint my lips to speak the word that he wants me to talk, my mind and my heart to speak the joys of the Lord. Lord, would you pray? Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for this teaching of today. Lord, we come to you in prayer and that you would guide us, Lord, in this teaching, that you would anoint my mind, my mouth to speak your word in love and in truth and that the enemy will not have his way in here today. And we trust and believe that you, Lord God, can calm all the storms in our lives and remove all fear from our hearts that we learn to trust in you because you are God. Help us to remember that when you are with us, Lord, that it is no different than when you were with the apostles, the disciples in the boat, Lord God. Let us grow in this confidence, O oh God, to be with you, Lord Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Truth about God. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. And I'm going to go a little bit more in detail after that in just a little bit. But before I go into that, uh, I mentioned that we went into, you know, I, I believe that God always moves in our lives dependent on where we are, situated, what we're going through. And we're talking about situations, you know, to, one, to test our faith, and but also to, to react. And I did a teaching some time ago when I mentioned the word sincuria, which is the word that comes from, uh, it's actually where the Samaritan is the one that picks up the one that needs help. We have the priest and we have the Levite. And the word actually means that by a higher power, you were put there in that position to see how you would react to that moment. And in this case, I can very well, very well much relate it to a situation that we have just actually recently gone to within this past week. Some of us who attended General Conference for a few days this past week, some of us, uh, you know, re remained and some of us went there to the conference. And those who remained here uh, were helpful and they did their part as what they needed to do. And some of us did both parts. Some of us actually helped before we left and then we left. And these are both good things to do. But a few of us uh, would agree that some of us still have work to do here. It is not yet done. But I would say that those few that say that would encourage those who say, I have nothing, but you do have something. Praise God whether you did or didn't. Either way, he deserves the praise. There's much that I learned while I was there and on my way there. Uh, you know, I won't share too much of it today, but I have to say when God starts to pull you away from a place to, to 
get into your mind and start to make you think it's always by his word and his spirit. What will I say? Well, the word, you know, while we were there, there was word, there was fellowship. Uh, there was, it was also a place of healing. As I know, it was here as well. Great leaders spoke and prophetic words were spoken of the apostolic movement. And God was, I'm sorry, we were encouraged by these words as not only some, but most of us were. And most of us actually moved into the, the place of saying, I need to go pray for someone. Or they just basically just stood there at times and waited for that moment to find someone to either sit with, talk with, and encourage some shared their thoughts of wisdom and how, how to handle things. And it was, I was very pleased with what they had to say. Brother Bernard was, uh, gave an interesting one. He said the unity, he spoke about the unity of the spirit and the unity of the faith. And then he said we, we need a baptism of love. And that for me was one of the most powerful statements because the more I study God's word, the more I find the word love entangled in everything that God does. From the very beginning to the very end. He, he created the heavens and the earth. And before he created that, uh, it was just him by himself. He didn't have to do any of that. And the beautiful part is everything was in darkness until he came. The Bible says that the Lord is light. He is light. He is the Logos. There is something that comes forth from God that emanates from him that defines him as light. There's no nothing else that can be compared to him because the light that he emanates is different to the light that we actually see. Then Brother Art Wilson, <clears throat> he says, sometimes you have to let go of something so that God can bless what you have, something, and, you know, something else, and to bring forth what God has for you. And he was referring to the five-fold ministry. That was a blessing. I know Pastor's already taken hold of this because he's been doing teachings on Thursdays where he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's talking about blessing the, I say, you know, the, the church to learn to go forward and to reach out to the lost. All was, you know, all this was is for the perfecting of the saints. But then again, God, God's entire word is for the perfecting of the saints, is it not? From the very beginning, God begins to show us his perfection in creation. Though it's flawed, God still comes forth and he shows us how to perfect it his way. Interestingly enough, I found it kind of obvious uh, that the title of this message fits perfectly as, uh, as for today because of, I said earlier, what, what has happened. Yesterday, I didn't even think that we were going to have service today, but texting pastor, he said, yep, you're up. You got to do this. And I was up for it. And I said, okay. Calming the storm is the title of this message. I don't think I have to ask questions for, you know, to many of you to raise hands and to say how many of you have ever actually been through storms considering that this storm just went through and we could always all, all I think attest to it that we have suffered something or in some form. I am more certain that most of us uh, who are affected here would say uh, even though we were mildly affected, someone that we know or that we love was affected seriously. Do you ever have moments... I mean, I, I want to say with, at times we're going to have moments of confusion where it is difficult to understand what God is doing. What do you do in those times? I have to admit, I don't quite prepare like, uh, like others did for the storm. I do remember two days prior before it took place. And again, I, I had heard about it, but I don't keep track of the news. I just let them flow as they are. But the closer it got, 
the more panic I saw in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm, well, I'm, and I'm going to say our vicinity of the area. And the more panic I saw, the more I started to pay attention. And not that I wasn't aware of it, but I was just merely trying to trust in God that whatever took place, he was going to provide no matter what I needed. In doing so, uh, I remember calling my wife and telling her, uh, you know, every, I'm over here at BJ's and I'm filling up. And I tell you what, there's lines from here all the way. Now, it wasn't as bad as after the storm. But before that, it was almost as bad. And she said, you know what, go ahead and fill up just in case. We just don't know. And I went ahead and did that. And I think that's the, that's the I would say that's the most uh, bigger thing that I did preparing for the storm. Food we already had. We had, you know, small things here and there. We don't really pack very heavy at times. But I remember coming home and she said, did you get water? And I said, we need water? She says, yeah, we need water. So I had to go back and get water the following day. And it's, good, and it's good to prepare. It's good to prepare. But the scripture I just read, where we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about the apostles are with them. There's, there seems to be a little bit of lacking of, of uh, and I'm going to say faith, because Jesus tells them and he quotes to them, you know, what you have little faith or you have no faith. What is wrong with you? And one of the, my favorite scriptures that always comes up is Cornelius. Cornelius is a centurion who is, uh, who the Bible says that, that, and you won't have scripture for this, brother. Uh, <laughs> this is up here. Praise God. This, this scripture is, is basically speaking of what happened to a centurion who feared God. And in his fear, God began to speak to him. He didn't need to prepare for anything. All he did was give himself to the Lord. When he did that, there was a reaction. There was two reactions. One, it was for him, and the other one was for Peter. If we ever read the book of Acts, we're going to find that Peter saw uh, a great uh, curtain come down, and uh, he sees these animals, and he, he uh, tells the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to eat anything that is uncommon, meaning that there's, there, he, I can't eat that. But that's not what God was trying to tell him. God was telling him something else. And in doing so, we also find that Cornelius sent for uh, Peter, and when he did, there's there's a beauty there's a beauty behind this because God always confirms what you are either going through or what He is trying to tell you. And in this case, we have Cornelius, who is uh, he is basically out there and about. He doesn't really know much about the faith, but he knows he fears God. The angel comes to him. He speaks to him. Go send for uh, go send for Peter. Peter is brought in, and the Bible says this: that as Peter begins to tell him and share with him the gospel or all about Jesus, that he is filled with the Holy Ghost. There is already a faith instilled in Cornelius by the time uh, Peter is in the midst. This faith was uh, instilled in him from the moment that he began to fear God. But more importantly, there was something within him that said, this is true. This is real. And I'm curious what it would have been that he might have seen prior to that, that might have given him that faith. But still we have a Gentile who was filled with the Holy Ghost before the gospel was preached. But even so, even so, here's the beauty of this story, is that Cornelius was baptized in the spirit before he was baptized in Jesus' name. 
But that didn't hold him back from being baptized in the name of Jesus. Because he knew that Peter was sent to him by God. And since he knew he was sent to him by God, that he had to obey everything that Peter said to him. And what Peter said, well, you've got to be baptized in Jesus. The Bible says that his entire house was baptized in Jesus' name. So with that being said, yes, it is important to be baptized. It is important to receive the Holy Ghost. It is important to know that, that God, that Jesus is God and manifested in the flesh. And that he did rise and he did die for our sins. Some time ago, uh, in, a, in a past teaching, I mentioned the thought that many people say, but this is just life. This would just pass us by. And I'm talking about this hurricane. Now, I would say for a non-believer, it is just life. But for a believer, it's not just life. For a believer, as I mentioned earlier, God puts us in a place, in position, by his hand, to react to do what it is that we are to do at that point in time for that. And if we react to that, then we'll be blessed. God will bless us for doing that, for responding to that. Jeremiah chapter 11 verse 20. We find that God tries the mind and the heart. Here's what it says, Jeremiah eleven twenty, But, O Lord of hosts, that judges righteously, that tries the reins and the heart. Let me see thy vengeance. And, and I'm not looking for the vengeance part. I'm looking for this part right here where it says he, he, he judges the righteous and he tries the reins and the heart. He tests us. He wants to see what's going on there. How are we going to respond? And then uh, we see that Paul writes in Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Mystery of godliness unknown, only known in one shape or form, and that's through the Holy Ghost. That is through the Spirit of God. Now the Bible says that the Bible is no private interpretation, but it's no private interpretation to those who study the Word of God and are filled with His Spirit. It is important. I've heard a few people, uh, and I'm talking about psychologists who have actually read the Bible, and they understand some things, but they don't understand the fullness of it. And there are some that do receive the fullness of it, but because they say Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord, and they become transformed because of that. Now we, we understand and we believe this to be true that God is, uh, God, Jesus is God manifest in the flesh because the scriptures declare it and we believe what the, the scriptures declare to us. Otherwise we would have no reason to read it. So without disagreement, great is the, is the mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness can only be embraced, as I mentioned earlier, by faith in Jesus Christ. No faith in other deities or other faiths. It can't be anything. It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be God. Revelation of who Jesus is only comes by the Spirit, I said earlier. And it is by revelation that we learn to trust God. It was through our experience that we have learned the truth. The apostles in Mark chapter 4 verse 35, Jesus says to them, And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And then in verse 37, and it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves, the waves, I'm sorry, beat into the ship so that it was now full. I went into the scripture and I was curious on what this word full. We usually would say that the, the boat is full of water, but if the boat is full of water, guess what? It's sunk. 
So I, I had, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's full. It means that it's getting full. It's, there's water going into it. We got to do something about it. And this is why the apostles did what they did. And then in verse 30 it reads, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. This is Jesus. And they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? How many of us know that God does care for us? No matter what we're going through. But here we see the, uh, in, in a, uh, a blue, I say uh, a footprint of what faith does to someone. It's like, don't you care about this? And we can even utter those same words at times. Don't you care? Well, yeah, but the situation is not right for the for whatever it may be. So uh, watching, uh, you know, how this is handled at times, how Jesus handled this. Now, this is a little bit more different because this is God. And he arose and rebuked the wind, and it says, and unto the, unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. When we are in the boat with Jesus, it's always going to be calm. It doesn't matter if the winds are blowing hard around us. It doesn't matter. It, 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 point, point blank, it doesn't matter. God being with us, if we are in Christ, then there should always be a calm of us. And I say this because we are the body of Christ. We are the example for the faithless. And the faithless want to have faith. And I've heard this before where people say, you know what, I don't know what you have, but I want that. How many of us have heard that? We've heard that. There's a reason for that because there's something that emanates from it. And we know it's God. We know it's the Holy Ghost. We've been bought with a price. We know that, uh, that you know, it, it is the blood of Jesus. It is a sacrifice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, it says, Know ye not that you are the body, that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It seems to me that it's not just life, as I mentioned earlier. As the Bible kind of, it, it tells us and it describes to us clearly that what happens is we are tried left and right. Our trying is of our faith. It is, it is there's a reason for that. James chapter 1 verse 2 uh, through four says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And I'm going to go a little bit more into that. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Now I went a little bit, again, I went into this, ye fall. Ye fall doesn't mean that you fall into it. It means that you're going through it. You're going through it. And temptations is a trial. Temptations, the trial of man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, or constancy. An enticement to sin. Temptation, whether arising from the desires or from the outward circumstances. And we, as I mentioned earlier today, the circumstance we've just gone through. Some of us have had them worse than others. But God does not change. God doesn't change. So when you fall into or going through, I said there, there, there are circumstances which are temptations. Know that there, this is the testing of our faith. In first, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But not, but not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. And this is how we glory in tribulations. Shortly after it comes in, it, it says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. 
and patience uh, experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Praise God. God's spirit gives us gives us all this, our trials, our work, uh, you know, a work for patience. It works patience into us. Now that you have been th- uh, through it, you should know somehow or somewhat how to deal with it when it comes around again. A trying of the faith. You have been therefore, you have therefore now experienced it. Your experience gives you a hope of a better outcome. How many of us have done things and I can't seem to do this any better? The only way to do something better is if you try and do it again. You try and you try and you try. And eventually there's perfection. Well, I should say perfection, but it's a lot better. It's a lot better. What we have therefore is experience, I said earlier, your confidence increases because of your experience. How many of us have been have done a job long enough to understand that, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go this way. My experience has given me that confidence that I can, I don't, I don't want to say stay up for many hours, uh, but, but, you know, work for long hours and still be able to do what you have to do. Function, you know, function properly. Romans chapter 5, verse uh, 1 through 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace through uh, uh, yeah, with, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Only you have hope when you have tried something, as I said, something to make it better. Romans chapter twelve, uh, seven chapters later. Here's what it says: Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So here now, it's, it's a bit different. There's, an, there's, there's a growth from what it was before to what it was then. Now you're rejoicing in the hope. You have obtained it. You're patient in tribulation. You're going through it, but now you understand it. And then you continue in it how? Through prayer. And through prayer is speaking to God. Meaning you rejoice in that success, in the tribulation, not what they used to be. Before it was a struggle, but not any longer. The underst- you understand the trial and, and you head it. You headed it, uh, you lead, I say you follow through with it a little bit more uh, stronger with confidence and you're ready to go against it. I've heard people say, it's not my first rodeo. How many people have heard that? That, that, that means I've been there before. I'm, I'm ready to do it again. But this time I'm prepared for it. I'm ready for it. Very much like this storm. It's not our first rodeo. <laughs> and, and perhaps that's why everybody was at the gas stations. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. I know, but I, I guess I, I like the same rodeo all the time. Is, and I said, Lord, it's your rodeo. I put it in your hands. And I'm not saying anybody should do that, okay. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, and I'm not even saying my faith is, woo, no. But I'm saying I, I trust God and I, and I take it as it comes. And sometimes it's harder than other times, but it's okay. It's all right. We can trust in God. Yes. There's an experience uh, that was obtained, as I mentioned earlier, a skill that you might say you possess now. To understand the situation much better and look at it without fear and begin to say to yourself, I can do it. Please understand that this is not, this is not for the new uh, believer if you're watching through the media. This is, this is for the church. This is for those that we have grown together in Christ. Those who have said the word is in me, I will grow in faith. We have grown in faith and we say we trust in God. By all means, faith does not uh, does take time to develop for some. I'm not going to just 
throw it out. Hey, you know what? You're out. It's, it doesn't, doesn't go that way. But for those who have been tried and prayed and have seen the hand of the Almighty God through them, it makes a difference. It's a different picture for our lives. We know the things that God has done in our lives, and he has brought us through, and he has never left us nor forsaken us. I've been around spiritual people before, and I've also been around weak spiritual people before. And, and you know what? It's okay because we are to uplift those that are weak. We are to encourage those that say, oh, it's just not going to happen today. No, don't look at it that way. Don't look at it that way. God can do anything. God can do anything. Praise the Lord. Psalm 65, 5 through 8. By terrible things and righteousness wilt thou answer us. O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off the sea, which is, I'm sorry, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. They also dwell in the utmost parts, are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evening to rejoice. And then Psalm 89, 8 through 9. O Lord of hosts, who is a strong Lord, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to the faithfulness round about thee. Thou rulest the raging of the sea when the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 17. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willfully offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. God tries, he tries the reins of our heart. I think I said it last week where we said we give our lives to the Lord. We gave our lives to the Lord. But also, we also acknowledge that it was purchased by a price, and the price was his blood, as I said earlier. And in doing so, we have given God the right to try our reins. Our reins, I mentioned earlier, is our mind, and it is our heart. So at times, things seem to be a little bit more harsher than others, but know this, that it's not to hurt you, but to strengthen you, to empower you, to move, as they said uh, in conference, and, and, and in other times, to that next level. The truth for life is we need to trust in God knowing that he is uh, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But more importantly, he doesn't want us to fail. The Bible says he doesn't want us to perish. This is why he died. He, he died so that we may have life and that we may be able to move forward in the things that he has for us. But if we stay and we don't step into that, and I'm going to say this. God gave me a, uh, you know, I'm going to share this picture. And it was, it was during the storm. I said, God, what is going on here? We all, how many of us question God at times? Not in a bad way, but we want to know something. And the Bible says that God will answer you. And he showed me a hermit crab. A hermit crab, what it does, it was, it was hiding before. And I'm not calling this a hermit crab, right? I'm just saying that's what it does. And then it comes out for a little bit. And then it wants to change its shell, and it will change its shell when it finds one. But if it doesn't, it will go back into the same shell, and it will retract back, back to where it was. And, and God began to speak to me a little bit more and, and just kind of showing me that the storm was just something to shake the ground. 
it was for when you shake the ground, and I, I might have mentioned this before, and some of you may know this as well if you've done agriculture. When you shake the ground of the root of a tree, it's going to become stronger, depending on the tree, I'm sorry. Depending on the tree, because some will die. <laughs> Don't go shake the, the roots of your tree and they die. Andy said they will get stronger. No, some roots will get stronger. And what they do, they go deeper into the ground so that they become unmovable. And they become thicker at times. When I was, um, when I was out and about and I was helping some people, they, they, we, if, if anybody looked at the trees, we noticed that the roots are very small versus the, the outer branches of a tree. And uh, I learned that in most cases, the root system is supposed to be pretty big. But here in Florida, you don't get that. You don't get that because we live in a place where there's sand. And so sand is very soft. So the roots don't tend to grow as big unless you have good soil or unless it goes straight down into the bottom. So you get a bunch of trees that are uprooted. And, and in doing so, I, I was, you know, taking a trip. Again, I, I'll mention this real quick. Going up to Orlando. God began to speak to me about the seed, about the seed that grows, that, or the, the, uh, the fruit that gives off its own seed. And, and early I was talking about confirmation, how God confirms things. And, uh, and, and I shared, so I won't share the rest of it, There's, because I believe some of it is for me. And in going up there, uh, the, one of the first things that is talked about, it is talked about the seed, the fruit that comes within. And that was brother, uh, if anybody watched, uh, is it Brother Nathaniel, I think it was? Urshan, Urshan, Brother Urshan, I'm sorry. And I said, Lord, uh, he, he, God will speak to us. And through that speaking, uh, it's up to us to respond to it. Do we take that as just like, well, it's just coincidence? Remember, with God, there is no coincidence. It's, it's done and it's said and it's up to us to respond to that. And I said, God, I started to pray, Lord, if I have become that hermit crab, don't let me, that, don't let me become that again. Keep me out of my comfort zone. Don't let me pull back into my shell. I want to stay out there. And while I was out there, I started to look around. I met a lot of people. God does things during storms. He's going to show us things that we don't see. I've always been asking people about, does anybody know about a program that can help people and whatnot? Our, uh, the apostolic, and I'm going to say the Pentecostal church, they have, and it's a group of men, they have a program. I don't know if I brought a call. I did bring a call with me. And what they do is, is I was moved by it. It's called Lifeline Connect. And what they do is they take people who are involved in drugs and they take them and they, they, they nurture them, they counsel them, and they take them out of the environment. And I have, I have shared with people before, if we could take those people and put them in a safe environment, remove them from all these things that they continually want to take in. Some of them want out, but they have, don't have that support. And these guys do. So God will take us to places to speak to us and to give us information so that when we bring it here, it's not only for the church, but it's also for the people on the outside that are going to become part of the church. And in saying that, uh, I'll close here. Sorry. God is good. God is flesh. He was born in a body. We have Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And you shall call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All this defines who God is. He is not only the Son, but He was born. Not only was He born, but He's the Everlasting Father. Not only is He the Everlasting Father, but He is the Prince of Peace. And if we depend on Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, then we're going to be all right. 
God came not, the Bible does say he did bring a sword, he did, but the, the sword was for correction. It's for the perfecting of the saints. Not for the ones that are not coming into the church, but for us. We take joy in that word. We want to eat that word. We want to sow it into our hearts. There's a scripture that says, and we know this one, Lord, I put that word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And in doing so, God will bless us. God will bless us. He'll, he'll see, okay, I see that you're trying. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to meet you as long as you're trying. I'm going to share something, Bishop. That Bishop shared with me some time ago. If you're standing still, you're already going backwards. And I couldn't see it before until I saw it. See, God's plan continues to move forward. It doesn't stop. It continues to stand, it continues to move. But if I'm standing still and God's plan is moving forward, then I am falling behind. And I'm not saying that you can't catch up. But why slow down when you can keep up with God right now? Step into that place and say, Lord, I am going to trust in what you have given me. I'm going to believe, Lord God, that you are Jesus. I'm going to receive. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about those who, who still, you know, at times have the question, was Jesus really God? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He was born. God Almighty left his throne in glory to come to this place to walk as we did so that we may be able to be tested as he was tested. And he passed everything. And we can too through the blood of Jesus. It's through his righteousness that we can get into heaven. Not our own. Our righteousness are in filthy rags. Cast them down to the ground. Lord, I need your righteousness. Lord, I need your deliverance. Lord, save me, Lord God. I want you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to be baptized in your name, and I want to be filled with your spirit, Lord Jesus. I need a miraculous move in my life, Lord. And this is why I call upon you, Lord. The Bible says that you can do all things, and I can, and if, and if I let go of everything else, Lord, you're, you're gonna, all these things are gonna be added unto me. I need some peace in my life, Lord. We cry out to God, and God hears us. Praise the Lord. If you would stand with us today, and you would worship with us, if you know for a fact that Jesus is the Messiah, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that you can go out there and say, you know what, somebody can tell you something different. He says, no, I'm sorry. There's only one God. Yes, I know they call him the son. But he was in spirit first. And then he was born. He was born for me. That I might be able to make it to heaven. But he was also born for you. You point the finger back at me. Born for you too. And then you start to draw him. Draw him in. Jesus died so that we may have an opportunity to get to heaven. Praise God. Sing with us today. Sing from your heart. Hallelujah.
you clap your hands unto God, if you want to be wrapped up in those billows of love, I know that I do. I tell you, God has been so good to me. I can't, I can't even begin to say, I don't even, I think we could all write books and say, God, you have been so good to me. There's too much to keep note of. The Bible says that everything that Jesus did, there was, there's nothing, there's not enough material here to contain it. But you know what? Our lives grow with in testimony, grow in testimony by the day as we live for God. There is a, our, our, our name should be written in the book of life. How many of us can say, my name is written in the book of life? Raise your hand and say, yes, Lord, I'm baptized in your name. I'm filled by your spirit. Lord, my name is written in your book, Lord. I'm ready for that return, oh God, when the trumpet shall sound, Lord God, and the dread of Christ shall rise, Lord, and we will meet them in the air, Lord God. Lord, we prepare our hearts and our minds to give blessing and honor unto you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Ooh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, like I said. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. God has been so good to us. If you're watching through the media, God bless you. I hope this word blessed you. I know that it's blessed me. And sometimes, you know, they say that what we say at times is uh, we preach to ourselves. And we do. We do. It nurtures us as well. Amen, Pastor? It nurtures us. So join us in prayer. Prayer's coming up. And um, we ex we're expecting, we're expecting a move of God. We don't come here just because we come here. We come here expecting and we know that God is going to move in this church today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands up to the Lord. Lord, we thank you today, Lord. We thank you for the blessing of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing, Lord, that you have given every minister here today. Lord, we thank you for those, oh God, that have come, Lord God, with a joyful heart, oh God. They have said, I will not let the enemy tear me down. I have come to praise you, Jesus, and lift your name up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't be afraid to turn to somebody, to your neighbor, and say, God is good. God is good. Praise God. God bless you. Get ready to go into prayer and feel that move of God in Jesus' name. Amen.